This is Steve from the Retroman blog, and we're pleased to welcome into the pod today two members of the Fallen Leaves. We have Rob Simmons, guitarist, and Rob Green, the singer. Hello, Robs, and also we're joined by Mr. Rock photographer Paul Slattery. Good evening. Yeah, good evening, and thanks Hello, for Paul. coming in. But your first gig was in the football ground. Uh, yeah. yeah. A very episodic place to Brentford play. football ground, Fantastic. the home of uh, West London football. Absolutely. Indeed. You're yeah. dead right there, Rob. Oh, we, can, we can see the ground from here. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you can read your paper in the back garden when you the can. floodlights are it's a, That's a famous quiz question. Did you know that? What football league... Ground has a pub on every corner. Answer: yeah. Griffin Park. That's yeah. right. And here, I've been all. I've been in all of them uh, after one game. <laughs> He's been banned from all of them as well. But, the, but it is true. The first show we ever played was at Griffin Park. Well, that was when Paul was still with us, and Vic was. We were supporting him. And then, what about the the, the Monks Club together. in Richmond? Was this somewhere that you played? And is it true that Ronnie Wood was there on your... Yeah, no, no it's not true, it's not Club. the Monk Club. Oh, so, the Parliament Club. Yeah, very briefly. The Monk Club was a... Uh, there was a friend of ours who was putting on the, 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 a really kind of avant-garde kind of, you know, bits of poetry, bits of book readings and a bit of music in the in the basement that was a homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. It's a church. It's a church in uh, Richmond Hill. Yeah. But what really appealed... Well, he was a friend of ours also, but what really appealed to us was that this was music, live, proper live, amplified music in Richmond. And so we played there, and then we wanted to put on our own shows. So we found a pub in Richmond, which is now sadly gone. And we, so far as we know, we were the last people putting on amplified beat music mm-hmm. in Richmond. You can still do it in Twickenham, but in Richmond itself. And we put on our own nights there. So Billy Childish played with us there. Famous underachievers like ourselves, the Downliner sect, played there. And because they were old mates with Ronnie and his brother, Artwood was would come on and sing a couple of songs with the downline of sect. Sadly, okay. he's now departed, Art. Mm, yeah. And um, Ronnie got up and played a bit of guitar with the downline of sect. So he oh. appeared at our club, yeah. Mm. Oh, he's very short. <laughs> he is, tiny. Art wasn't that big either. No, they're all short. Yeah. But don't had... allow tall people to run stones because well, it the makes the others was, look too short. The Art was the first rock band I ever saw at Eel Pie Island. Oh, fantastic. Mm. Well, I think the idea was that people thought Art Wood was going to be much more famous than Ronnie, you know. Uh, was mm-hmm. He was going to be the big star, it. wasn't I think, he? I think back at the, in the day, the Art Woods were, were, were going to be the next big thing, I thought, mm. from Richmond. 
And the Downliner sets played, you know, roughhouse R&B. They yeah. were still playing the way they'd been playing 40 years before, mm. and, which was fantastic. You know, mm. you do what you do and you keep doing it and you do it well. And they did it. And so, you know, and they came from our neck of the woods. So that's, yeah. that's the connection with Richmond. Mm. Okay. So talking about Hill Pie and Richmond, then what, was this true again about Pete Townsend offered you some studio time? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. How did, how did that come about? How did he find out about the band? Uh, well, Paul had known, known because Paul was in the professionals yeah. with Steve Jones and Paul Cook. Um, Paul, Steve Jones and Paul Cook knew Pete Townsend. Okay. Um, I think the famous story, isn't it, where they met at the speakeasy and Pete Townsend was drunk oh, yeah. and said he's going to yeah. disband the Who, and they said, "Oh, well, that's a fantastic group. You can't do that." Yeah. So they knew they knew Pete Townsend, and Paul met them through through the link with the after they left the Sex Pistols, they formed professionals with Paul Myers. Okay. So Paul, and so, you know, Pete Townsend lives in Richmond, you know, I see him at some coffee shop and things. Paul, Paul used to see him in, in town and I think he just mm. called him up. I think initially we thought we were just going to go there to rehearse and somehow it sort of turned out that he was going to have someone in there we could record in the Pie Studios. Yeah, I think so he I'm gave like, us five hours or something. So we recorded the single and the EP, which yeah. was the first thing we released. We record, That was all recorded in five hours. Because so he gave us five live, hours free. Yeah. That was virtually live. It was very nice of him. Yeah. yeah, very, very nice of him. And this became the trouble. Indeed. Maybe. Yeah. Well, let's hear the title track now. Let's hear Fallen Leaves and Trouble.
And that was your very first single, or well, EP, called, uh, that was a title track called Trouble, recorded in Pete Townsend studio. Was that the Eel Pie studio? Yeah. And talking about the, you know, Pete Townsend, uh, again, West London boys, uh, he, was he a big influence on your music as well? Well, because I've got the two older brothers, my brother used to go to the marquee to see The Who every week, mm. and we had all of their singles at home, so I sort of, when I was very, very young, I was, grew up with Can't Explain, My Generation, and mm. all of those songs, mm. and we had that My Generation LP. I heard it on the sort of family stereogram, that became my sort of childhood music. I remember buying Happy Jack for my brother for his birthday present. And you picked Happy Jack as your as your choice of, of Who song? I sort of introduced a bit Rob to the Who and played yeah. in that song. Yeah. Um, he tried to sort of copy it again a bit yeah. and we came up with this song which was a bit... So, so dare we ask which song? Yeah, is she somewhere? Right, okay. Because what the Who have got, I think, is they've got power lots of power and they're mm. still a power to be reckoned with the hoop you see them live they're mm. still a they've got power but they've also got melody and lots of la 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 la's and mm. yeah. yeah so it's a good combination yeah and I think I they've also got that thing of just one guitar one bass and drums yeah. Yeah, you know right. the Yardbirds and the Stones all that had those two guitars and sort of extra yeah. but who were the first of those sort of groups just be really yeah. really just one guitar bass and drums yeah. but really and powerful with one guitar oh, yeah, yeah. really powerful but I feel think good feel good one guitar what what was happening with the who at the time is that each record that they were releasing was becoming a little bit more complex the production was becoming amazing and happy jack the production of that is just superb it's quite, it's, it's quite an unusual it's song. Very, isn't it? very, it's a very unusual song. It's yeah. a very unusual song. Yeah. The, the beat of it, it changes. The drumming is so important in that song. If I hadn't been for Keith Moon, you couldn't have made a song like that because the drumming is, 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 is just, it's just so important on Happy Jack. Don't, don't you think that Happy Jack also is like where they might have got the idea of doing the opera stuff because it is like that mini opera in the one song. It is, it, it is. You know, it's I've always thought they start of that. To, to change. Yeah, it, but it works when it's three minutes. Because it's you a story. Yeah, 30 minutes, it's not so good. Yeah. It's yeah. a story. It's a little mini yeah. story in one yeah. song, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, one connection I think or similarity between us and The Who is often people think we're being contrary when we say this, but we really mean it. You get that stupid old kind of rock and roll joke about what's the definition of a drummer, you know, a bloke hanging about with a bunch of musicians. We, we actually yeah. believe the complete opposite. We have yeah. always said that you only really want one musician in your group, and that's the drummer, mm. because they're mm. the ones that drive it along. And if you've yeah. got a good drummer, do. you don't have to be technically brilliant elsewhere, because they hold it together. So yeah. we're the complete opposite of what everybody else yeah. says. Great, let's hear it now. Let's hear Happy Jack by The Who. Happy Jack wasn't old, but he was a man He lived in the sand at the Isle of Man The kids all would sing, he would take them on So they rode on his head with their furry donkey They never stopped Jack in the water lapping And they couldn't distract him from the seagulls laughing Kids couldn't hurt Jack, they tried, tried, tried They tried, they tried 
track from your second album that's right this is called is she somewhere and you're saying there's a little bit of a link up between happy jack and, and this song yeah i mean i tried to nick it is uh <laughs> is uh, really the truth of it uh, i think most people do that I, I think we're just a bit more honest about it you know i liked happy jack i tried to nick it came up with something different which is what always happens so it's not actually the same as happy jack but in order to get a link to it like a kind of an in joke at the end of happy jack you hear keith moon say i saw you so I, we decided... Townsend, I think. Oh, is it Townsend, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Saying, I saw you. So we got Rob to stand in the studio and say, I saw you at the end. But I thought he said it too late. So you can hear me opening the studio door laughing and saying, that's too late, Rob. And we right. decided to leave it in. Excellent. Well, let's hear it. This is Is She Somewhere?
So talking about your second album, this is another great track uh, taken from That's Right, and this is called Go Now. On every stepping stone I second album and that's right and one influence that you mentioned that I was quite surprised about was Rolf Harris <laughs> well yeah. now, and this is actually a good little track this is I'm a man I know a man I know a man sorry and you you did a new song called I'm a man is that right that's right yeah which I've stolen a line from this song ah. Rob doesn't like it yeah I mean I didn't choose it to be deliberately contrary I chose it because I think it's a very good song Rob has always spoke to me about this song for, for many many years what a great song of course, I could never, ever hear it because it just wasn't available anywhere yeah. until sort of YouTube came along yeah. and then someone... Put but the it funny up. thing is, this is a great little track because it's like Rolf Harris trying to be serious. It's like trying to do a little 60s, 60s music sort of yeah. thing you'd hear on like an Austin Powers yeah. out of film. Yeah. But it's actually quite a dark little lyric. Yeah, oh, it is it? indeed. About yeah. jealousy and about his girlfriend wants to run off with a rich man and he wants I to kill him. I've never heard it. Right, well, let's hear it. This is Rolf Harris and... I, I know a man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know a man who's so rich that he says he's gonna take it from me. I know a man who's so rich that he's got me scared as can be. I look for a hideout where we could hide away, but I'm so scared my hair is turning to grey. I can't find a place that's gonna do And he says he'll show all his money to you I know a man who's so rich That he's coming here to take you from me I know this man, he's someone's Gonna bring us all this misery I'd like to shoot him dead And spend all his money on you but if I do, and the law gets me too, what will your life be to you? You gotta tell this man, my honey land, to take all his money and 
think of that? That was Rolf Harris with I Know A Man. That was Rolf as a Garage Nuggets 60s pop icon. But it was a, it was a great little track, wasn't it? He's the Billy Childish of his day. Yeah. <laughs> Painter, singer, well, now, now poet. But there's a lot of the fallen leaves in Moustache. there. Moustache. The vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wildlife lover. Yeah. <laughs> but I like the way he couldn't, he had to do a bit of vocal didgeridoo on it. He couldn't, yeah. he couldn't stop himself. <laughs> <did> he? <laughs> yeah. At the end, you know, imagine, the re- imagine the record company saying, right, put the bloody didgeridoo away, Rolf, let's be serious. But he can't stop himself from doing a bit of didgeridoo. But great track, you know, and uh, that's a good choice. And actually, I know one, when you suggested it, I thought... Yeah, but when you listen to it, there's a, quite a bit of fallen leaves in there. You know, it is. But I don't think Rolf ever did another song like that one, did he? No. <laughs> no, I mean it wasn't picked as a joke. It was picked because I think it's uh, it's not Rolf's favourite, but uh, you know I just think it's a great song. Yeah. Rob was like that song forever. Forever. Yeah. Always, he's always <laughs> spoken to me about that song. Yeah, My yeah. parents had it. That's how yeah, I that's heard. Right, My right, mum and dad bought it. No, but it's yeah, a good yeah, it's a good yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and like I said if you were to hear that on on Lenny Kay's Nuggets. And you didn't know who it was. You think that's a nice little yeah. tune? Yeah, yeah, but we know. You can tell from the vocalist, Rolf, though, can't you? Well, we can tell. I do like Rolf Harris. Yeah. I loved him as a child when he did his paintings. Yeah. Can you tell what it is? Yeah. Can you tell what it is? It's a new Fallen Leaves song. But before we go into another, grow on me that one. Yeah, it's a good one. But before we go into a couple more Fallen Leaves tracks, let's pick another one of your influences. This is another good one. This is Johnny Allen and Promised Land. And that was Johnny Allen with a great bit of Cajun rock and roll called Promised Land. And that a bit of a surprising choice, but I like that. It's a good... Yeah, just a good, powerful song. I don't know anything about uh, Johnny Allen or Cajun. I just remember it being a hit and I really liked it. And mm. Rob loves it too. I remember it from sort of pre-punk days. There was a radio show, Paul the Charlie Gillett Show. There wasn't much to listen to in those days, was there? Well, that was on... It's about 74, 75. And um, that was the one I used to play on that Charlie Gillett Show. Mm. First probably made the Roadrunner on. Yeah, mm. that's right. And uh, that was on his own record label, Oval Records. Oh, right. And he was the guy who also put out Alfie and Donna's Top Ranking. Oh, Uptown Top Ranking. Yeah, oh, yeah. on that yeah. same record yeah. label. Oh, so right. he didn't put out too much on that, but he put out yeah. what he liked. Anyway. Did Charlie get it? Charlie did, yeah. Oh, that would have yeah. been later. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it was a great track. Yeah, it's a good choice. Jungle Rock he used to play on that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Jungle Rock, Frank yeah. Mazzell. Yeah. That was yeah. great. When great I first track. saw Joe Strummer, we talked about Thomas Lands. I said I liked that yeah. one, and he loved that song as yeah. well. And now let's um, go back to Fallen Leaves and talk a little bit about, I mean, obviously now we've got 50% of the Fallen Leaves, so tell us about the other members you've got, uh, who's in the band at the moment, because I know you tend to go through 
your bassist and your drummers? We do, yeah, we do, yeah, yeah, yeah. We go through a few, or they go through us, I'm not quite sure which it is. <laughs> uh, but we are pretty settled and very happy with the... We've got a new drummer called uh, William, who has been around the block a bit, and uh, he's been fantastic for us. And uh, he's a rock-solid drummer, which is what we want. And uh, uh, our bass player, who we call the Marquis of Carabash, uh, but I think his real name's Matthew Carras, I believe, and uh, he's been with us a while, and it's a real committed unit. Yeah, you've got a great band, and then the drummer. I mean, I picked up from the last gig the broken drumsticks that were shattered in front of us. So I mean, he, yeah. he's he's a great drummer, and, and again, Matthew's a good bass player because you've got a good image. You know, I like I like the look of the band. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was what struck me that you've got this lovely sort of English cravats and, and tweed and, and smoking jackets and it's such a great image and a, and a good look a bit of crushed velvet yeah we call it punk rock for gentlemen <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's good and I think all oh, the, the, the band look great live you know and I, and I like your, your tea ceremony with your, with your thermos flask yeah and you were saying earlier that you, you used to do that but you, with, with a cigarette but you, you can't obviously you're not allowed use to do that anymore then. yeah well used to I used to roll a cigarette uh, during one of Rob's uh, so, the solo in Shining but uh, then when the smoking <laughs> ban came in I decided to do my only other vice which is to drink tea <laughs> and I was asking you earlier again is it really tea in it's that really tea it's no. really tea it's, it's really not Jack tea. Daniels we no. love our tea and no. it's, proper, it's proper tea it's not any of those teas with funny names it's proper, proper it's brewer's tea. tea which I'm drinking right now <laughs> supplied by Mr Paul Slattery very yes we can, we can vouch for that so you're going to get your next tour sponsored by PG Tips. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. It's a, it's a great look, and it's a good band, you know. And and I think you've got, you've got a great little unit there. Well, the two new members, they understand. Well, they're not that new, but they understand. You know, I came out with a quote when we did an interview very similar to this in America, and he said, "Look, the, the DJ said, explain to me how you get it. So I can't remember what he said, but you know, how do you get it down to what it is?" And I just came out saying, I said, if you want your roses to grow, you've got to cut them back. Mm-hmm. And that's what we believe. You have to cut it back and cut it back and cut mm-hmm. it back because it's the bare bones that matter. And we don't want tons of overdubs. We don't want it spend days mixing a record. We mm-hmm. record it. It's all mixed in a day and then we release it. Yeah. So that's how things grow. You cut them back and they grow. Yeah, that's a good philosophy. And um, then the, they, they support us in that. I mean, Bill's been a come in sort of brand new really had to come mm. in with and I mean Ian's was very big boots to fill when Ian left I think Ian was very good as well but Bill's come in and um, he's got it straight away he knows yeah. what we want and he's inspired us a bit really he's sort of lifted yeah. our, our game he has I must yeah. say that I must say that a couple of gigs at, at the 12 Bar have been fantastic and um, Paul mentioned the 12 Bar Club and you're, you're doing a regular club night now called Minimum R&B yeah. At the 12 Bar in Denmark Street, and where you play and you sort of have some of your friends playing as well, and you choose some bands to support you. And that, that's been great, hasn't it? I mean, that's a, a, a perfect venue for you to play. I love that what, venue. What a great venue. You know, it's a fantastic venue. Yeah. I mean, it's under a bit of threat at the moment. It is. I can but, imagine. Um, you know, you've got all the development of going around Tom Court Road, and, yeah, and there's this lovely great. old street. You know, Denmark Street, Timpan Alley. Yeah. And it will be such a shame if that gets demolished. And of course, yeah. that is the old forge from 1672. Something like that. 1642. Yeah. It's right, a yeah. very, yeah. very old building. It is, yeah. In the centre of London. Yeah. Yeah. It would be an outrage if they were allowed to pull that down. Yeah, it would it? be so, an outrage. Well, it's, it's, it would be, I think it would be yeah. a disgrace if they could pull Denmark Street yeah. down quite honestly because that has such a lot of history. 
in 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 the British music scene. Yeah, where yeah. we play, right opposite, uh, is used to be Regent Studios, where I think the Rolling yeah. Stones recorded their first couple mm. of albums. Mm. The, Pistols the Pistols used to famous studio. Uh, yeah. uh, used to squat. rehearse there, squat and rehearse mm. there, and yeah, you know, mm. I mean, that's and that's the famous rookery, the police no go. That was Gin Lane. That was Hogarth's oh, okay. Prince, all yeah. in that area, oh, St right. Giles, yeah. and the yeah. church opposite. That's it's right. a fantastic area. Yeah, it's and, great. Um, it's a fantastic mm. club. We love playing there. Yeah. I mean, it's home for us, really. Yeah, it's a great place, and we recommend anyone getting down there. Mm. Twelve Bar Club in Denmark Street, specifically on the first Wednesday of every month, where Indeed. we have minimum R and B. And this is sort of developed from your Parliament Club days. Yeah, where you you put on some some sort of you know good bands, didn't you? I mean, we mentioned Downline the Sect. You've had, yep. you've had Lem Price Three, which we know past tense. Yeah, TV Smith. TV Smith, you've you've had and um, John's Children. John's Children. Billy John's Childish Children. a couple of times. Buff yeah, if anybody's yeah. listening and don't know John's Children, if you find them out on wherever you can find them, they had some fantastic singles. Fantastic singles. But John's Children was some Mark Bowen's first. first moment. Yeah, yeah, but very English. Yeah, which we like, very English. And John's Children were the original group. That literally couldn't play either. Let's turn on a groovy beat one more time. Yeah, the mind-bending sound of John's children for the last time on today's show. Another number written by Mark Bolan, who we were talking about earlier, and it's Hot Rod Mama. Much sort of overlooked, aren't they? Very from overlooked. That sort of the, the, the sort of mm. mod. Get- I mean, they weren't a mod band. Such were they sort of garage mod. They were some. Oh, they're worth they're, checking they're out. Great, yeah, 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 yeah. They had a great. There were two or three fantastic singles. Mm. Yeah. I read about them, you know, in like Bam Balam magazine before punk and everything. I was mm. absolutely obsessed by them, but never heard. You couldn't, because in yeah. those days you couldn't buy any, any yeah. records or anything. They, they've all been deleted. Yeah. You couldn't get hold of anything. Wow. Yeah, I think they. But re- just they... reading about them, they couldn't play. They've had their own group. They had their own club, the Blues Act Club yeah. in Leatherhead. They wore all white. That's you know, right. had their yeah. own thing. They had those um, sort of Hell's Angels around, sort of bouncers. Yeah. And I was fascinated by them. <laughs> yeah. Didn't hear anything. By yeah, they're one of those sort of bands like the Action as well. Were like one of those bands that were always sort of overlooked. Yeah. Like the mod scene and that, you know. But 
You know, it's like, and like I said, downliners sect again. You know, I mean, people talk about. But they had great subtitles, you know, you know smash yeah. plots. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Well, they're, they're certainly they're. You're right, Steve. They they they're they're part of that tradition that we love of being kind of glorious underachievers. Mm. You know, the who took their mantle and ran mm. with it, and you know, but their legacy is uh, is well worth listening to. Yeah, we put, actually we when we put them on that was the very last show that their drummer. Chris Townsend, Chris wasn't Townsend. It? Yeah. was the last show he ever played, and then unfortunately he got cancer and, and he died. So, mm. you know, it was a great privilege to. to, to and a fantastic yeah. drummer. Fantastic, fantastic drummer. drummer. Yeah. Well, if you listen yeah. to their singles, do you know them? You've got to dig out some John's. The well, drumming sound is fantastic, out. it's unbelievable. Yeah. And to fill our bass player, there was a time, then did a Mark Riley session with them. Oh, he okay. played with them for a really? few shows and they went up and did a Mark Riley session. That's oh, probably excellent. available. That's good. Or Phil will have it. And he was the only, I think there's a story about, I think Keith Moon was ill or something, and the Who were booked to do some European tour, and they said the only other drummer that we're prepared to do it with was Chris, isn't that he right? Did, yeah. like he that. definitely played with them. He did two or three yeah. shows. But well, they Keith. supported the Who on a European tour, but they out-pooed the Who and were thrown off the tour. <laughs> yeah. There was riots in the uh, venues in Germany yeah. before yeah. Them, after them, so. Yeah. Who couldn't follow them? And let's um, play another track from the new album. This is called Always More, where I sense a little bit of a Buzzcocks sort of uh, influence. Yeah. Yeah. They were probably contemporaries of Subway Sex, weren't they? One of the very, very good They were, they were one of the good ones. One of the one first of the ones bands, around yeah. at that time. The, the, yeah, the, the first EP they have was fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, good pop yeah. songs. Can we just be friends? But there's always more. Here we go till the bitter end. But there's always more. Existential understanding. Where's the key to your dog or door? Do as thou only will. Be the only law. There's always more.
And that was uh, Always More from the new album If Only We'd Known. And next up we've got another influence which is Roxy Music. From listening to The Fallen Leaves it's not a band that I would have thought that you would have cited as an influence. So why did you pick Roxy um, unlike Music? Unlike Rolf Harris you mean? Who's Rolf Harris I can sort of understand totally <laughs> <laughs> now <laughs> after having spent some time with you. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, I, I, I love Typically, early Roxy they're music. They're very good, aren't they, mm. as well? They're yeah. very good. I mean, I, I think, you know, I don't want to sound too... I'm a big fan, but not an uncritical one. Mm. And, um, you know, how how lyrically those first three, particularly the first two albums, are pretty remarkable, I think. Mm. And, and they've just got that combination of being... And people have said this before. Well, I can remember seeing them on Top of the Pops, I think it was 1973, I think. Virginia Plains on top of the pops, and I was absolutely mm. blown away by it. Mm. And it was this mixture of being very, very modern, mm. but also in a funny way, quite retro. And the way mm. they mixed the two together just seemed to work. And I, I mm. thought the imagery of it was fantastic. And um, it's a great, people forget, it's a great single with a very powerful guitar, Virginia yeah. Plains. Very, very powerful, and very simple. Mm. And I remember I heard um, Phil Manzanero, I saw a documentary about Roxy Music, and he said, after Eno left, it all became a bit too musical for him. And I know exactly what he means. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's true, isn't it? They lost that. They, they lost, lost that. that. And then when, weirdness. you know, all and the lyrics all became all not just so interesting anymore. And yeah. too, just too, yeah, just too musical, too technically proficient. Mm. Yeah. I can remember him saying in an interview at the time that he'd be playing things on his guitar, but there'd be completely different sounds coming out of the speakers because Eno you know, would be fiddling around yeah. with the sound before it came out. <laughs> yeah. But I was at school when they were first on the Oliver Wist test. My brother woke me up and said, quick, come downstairs, you've got to come downstairs. Yeah. And they looked fantastic because Brian yeah. that time had that huge sort of black quick, quick, quick yeah. Yeah. straight yeah. back yeah. with yeah. a glitter jacket yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. The old man right. had those fly glasses on. Yeah. And, you yeah. know. They were, I mean, you know, the next day at school, everyone was talking about yeah. having seen them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everyone bought that LP because the yeah. single wasn't on it. Yeah. Yes, by the single came out. That's, that's just that summer. It's just a great summer yeah. of mm. when we were just that right sort of age for listening to that. For me, well, they were the best of all of those groups. Yeah, and, and people forget the the Pistols were big fans of Roxy music, particularly Steve Jones. Big, but you know that mm. uh, Steve Jones loved the Faces and Roxy music and yeah. and the Who. I suppose oh, there's no chorus of that song. It's just like no, it's a strange yeah. song, isn't it? It is. It's, a strange it's, song. it's not your classic single. Well, it's a classic single, but. In terms of the, of, of the, of the makeup of it, it's, it's a really weird, isn't it? It's strange, yeah. It's strange, strange you say that, actually. Yeah. Right, so let's hear Virginia Plain. This is Roxy Music's uh, debut single. Now 
In fact, if we can ask you what questions you should ask us, we've always wanted to be asked, what is the first single you ever bought? Because our two are particularly good. Right. Would you like to ask me what's the first single I ever bought, Steve? Yes, please. What the, is the first single you ever bought? The first single <laughs> I ever bought... I hope I've got was, it in my collection. <laughs> well, the first single I ever bought was uh, Al Capone by Prince Buster. On the Blue Beat label. Al Capone guns don't argue! That's a particularly good first record he bought. I've listened to lots of music because I had all my brother's records, so mm. I've grown up with all of those singers, but the first one I had to share with myself was Wild White Swan. The difference between the two, high and dry and higher and drier. So, tell yeah. us the difference between the two songs. Uh, one is longer than the other. <laughs> uh, high and dry is a, a different bit bass player and drummer. Different bass player, different drummer. Yeah. And this one was recorded live in Pete Townsend's studio in as long as you can hear it. It took five minutes to record. Just did it with the vocals yeah. and everything. Didn't we? And then we decided to do it again and call it higher and drier. And we did consider doing it a third time and calling it highest and driest. But we, we <laughs> forgot. <laughs> I, think, I think we forgot. <laughs> we forgot. That was a superlative too far. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hear it. This is high and dry. Why did you say those things? 
just like to say a big thank you to the two Robs, Rob Green. Thank you. Thank you. Rob Simmons and Mr. Paul Slattery. Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, don't forget to check out the Fallen Leaves, fallenleaves.net for all your up-to-date news and information <laughs> <laughs> on their up-to-date website. But keep a check on the blog and don't forget the 12 Bar Club. First Wednesday of every month. And you're gonna, have you got any gigs coming up soon? Have we got anything else? We've got Mark Riley on the 25th. Oh, you've got the Mark Riley show? Yeah, a live yeah. show on BBC Six That's Music it, yeah. on March the 25th. Is it actually going out live? It goes out live. Yeah. We play live and it goes out live. And what time? Seven o'clock. It's seven o'clock. Mm. Great. We've got the 3rd of April will be the next 12 Bar Club. But yeah. I don't know whether we'll get all these things up on our website. Oh, we'll, we'll, carry, we'll carry them for you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll carry the, the banner. Well, we much appreciate your support. It's really important. If I may say so, if I may be so bold, we walk those city streets, but they're not paved with gold. Oh, the sun keeps on shining, I got my feels so cold. If you're ancient or mongrel, if you're young or you're old, is this the after? this before is this peace in our time hold the brink of war oh the sun keeps on shining I've got my fears so cold if you're ancient or mongrel if you're young or you're old Betty having dinner with us, and I sat next to him, and I said, I, I, said, I had to say, you know, was it true you were in the Wombles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to ask him. Yeah, yeah, and was it know, true? He, he sort of said, well, that's one rock and roll myth. Chris was nice. And they were, they were there playing with rocks and music. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. playing with them. He's a good chap, Chris yeah, Betty. Yeah, He's yeah, an yeah, all round good chap. Yeah. And of course, I've got, I've got the, do you remember, do you remember that? Motorbike. Motorbike, yeah. yeah. Good single. Yeah. He was a Womble. I think yeah, he was a one of those of his Uncle Bulgaria, that was my favourite. Yeah. <laughs>